fresh, keep evolving and, and stay with the times and keep people hungry to keep coming back. I know when we spoke during the lockdown, one of the things you were very eager to do was to involve clubs here so clubs could see the value of coming here, of training together in the winter and uh, cold dark nights coming here and getting good sweat and getting that camaraderie that exists. A club starting to pick up on that idea. Yeah, for sure. It, it's happening already, Bill. Um, like with Snowy, with Half to West Rugby, I get good at United here, Half to West County here. So, yeah, plenty of teams um, and groups um, are, are back and forth here, Bill. Um, I try my best to accommodate them and do what I can for them, but at the same time, try and keep my members happy. Yeah, good. Well, listen, it's lovely to talk to you as usual. Don't try enticing me in. I love coming to watch, mm-hmm. but a 74 is enough for me now, mate. Chris, <laughs> thanks very much. Take care, Bill. Thank you. Good to hear from Chris O'Sullivan speaking to Pure West Radio's Bill Kahn. Right, the news is coming up at 8 o'clock and then we are live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Gordon Thomas, Bill Kahn and Fraser Watson for company. Hashtag Pure West Sport to get involved live after 8 this Monday evening. From Nevin to Nayland for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A campaign to educate motorists on how to safely pass horses on the road will be holding an annual awareness ride near Narbeth on September 19th. Pass Wide and Slow, a Facebook group which has attracted 23,000 members, lists 187 rides across the UK and Ireland on Sunday, taking place on September 19th. The ride from Cold Blow through Narbeth is being organised by local riders belonging to Lanska Riding and Trek Club. The rides will aim to spread the word about the importance of keeping a safe distance, ideally a minimum of two metres, whilst passing horses at no higher a speed than 15 miles per hour. Debbie Smith, the co-founder of the Pass Wide and Slow campaign, said I don't want these rides or any other organisers awareness rides or drives to cause trouble. This is not a protest. We move out of the way and don't deliberately hold drivers up. We just smile, thank them and hope they enjoy seeing a group of riders or carriage drivers out together. 338 new cases of the coronavirus have been recorded in the Heweldar Health Board area in the last 24 hours, according to Sunday's figures. Public Health Wales data showed there were 201 new cases in Carmarthenshire, 70 in Pembrokeshire and 67 in Ceredigion since the last report. In total, 2,317 new cases of coronavirus have been reported across Wales, bringing the national total to 306,060 cases. A 10-unit self-catering holiday complex will be created near Robston Wathan following planning approval. Pembrokeshire's planning committee approved an application for 10 self-catering lodges, a hub service building, parking and access on land off the B4314 at Robston Wathan and its meeting on September 7th. Also planned is a nature trail which would run from the site and link it with the village. Local member councillor Dee Clements submitted a statement of support for the plan which she said would allow Cox Lake Farm to diversify, with the daughter of the family running the holiday complex and able to stay locally. Councillor Clements added the development was of modest scale, sensitive design and was well located in a visually secluded site. 
A sailor who had fallen overboard and sustained a head injury was taken to hospital on Saturday. Angle lifeboat was launched to the casualty at 12.02pm. Dale Coast Guard was also paged to the incident at 12.40 by MRCC Milford Haven. The lifeboat brought them to shore and a helicopter landing site was prepared at the port of Milford Haven. The casualty was then taken to hospital by land ambulance. A fundraiser who set out to walk 250 miles home from Lower Tregenis Farm for city children has doubled his fundraising target. This summer, Nick Gamage set off from the farm near St David's with the aim of retracing the old Drover's Trail and raising £2,500 for farms for city children. Nick said it's a wonderful charity which supports children from urban areas all over the UK to sample life on a farm. Many of the children have never seen a farm animal before. Farms for City Children has seen its income seriously hit by the Covid pandemic which forced it to close temporarily its three farms to schools. Nick so far has raised £5,000 for the charity by walking the ancient trail along the Golden Road over the Preseli Hills, crossing the River Wye and climbing over the Cotswolds and Chilterns ending up at the Drovers Road in Holland way lane in chesham he said he would never forget the warmth of the welcome he received in pembrokeshire villages like herman where visitors turned out to support him and provided him with food and drink i'm charlie james and that's the latest for pembrokeshire this is pure west radio for pembrokeshire from pembrokeshire Well, it's Monday night and welcome to the second half of Pure West Sport with G&G Builders after another top first hour where we brought you stacks of top Pembrokeshire sporting interviews. And now it's time to debate some of the biggest sporting stories from the weekend. And what a brilliant weekend it was for women's tennis as Emma Raducanu won the US Open to become the first British woman to win a major singles title since Virginia Wade at Wimbledon in 1977, a phenomenal Phenomenal achievement that surely ranks up there with some of the greatest ever British sporting successes. Tonight we'll get some local reaction when we talk to Dean Richards of Haverford West Tennis Club. He'll be telling us about their return to action with some recent tournaments that the club have hosted and reflecting on the potential impact on youngsters of Radicanu's amazing success. Also tonight, well after England and India fell victim to Covid positives last week, on the global stage were the events at the Oval a sign of just how much value players now place on test cricket and are there any concerns that local sport may still fall victim to further covid regulations as we head into the autumn and winter we'll also talk local football and rugby after a weekend of action in both codes plus ronaldo's back with a bang haverford west county lose at barla and our golfing expert kim thomas joins us as polter garcia and lowry are named as captain's picks for this year's rider cup and we want to hear from you about your favorite ever rider cup memories that's all to come on pure west sport before nine i'm joined by gordon thomas bill khan we think and fraser watson uh, with me as well fraser evening to you evening ben um funny one for me i was 
even despite the wet weather, believe it or not, I had cricket weights on still. We had a touring team down, so two or three weeks <laughs> after after I'd planned on, on uh, giving it up for the season, but they are now firmly at the bottom of the laundry basket and they won't be out again till April. But whatever sport was this weekend was, of course, overshadowed by what you've just mentioned there, Maradikanu. Sensational oh, display. Uh, sensational. Actually, uh, Gordon Fraser does make a fair point. I think the w- weekend of, what, the 11th, 12th, now the 13th of September, surely that's time for the cricket weights to be away for another year, isn't it? Definitely. He, he always complains that uh, the rugby and football season goes into the cricket season, and now he's playing cricket in the rugby and football season. What's going on there, Mr. Watson? <laughs> yeah, there has to be a cut-off. There, there really Definitely. does. Definitely. It, it was a magnificent sporting weekend. I know all of you were out and about. Uh, all eyes for you, Gordon, on, on Cristiano Ronaldo's return. And it was like rolling back the years, wasn't it? Two, two goals for Ronaldo. How good is he going to be? Uh, it was an incredible start. Uh, something that we are familiar with. Whichever team he plays for, he scores goals. But at 36 years of age, he looks really fit and keen to prove himself in the Premiership. And two goals against Newcastle on uh, Saturday shows that he's here to do the business. He's not just here to, you know, just turn up. He's here to try and get a trophy in the cabinet for the the mighty Man United. Yeah, I think it was a good signing. And we won't say too much on um, Crystal Palace 3, Tottenham nil on Saturday lunchtime, if you don't mind. Uh, that's one that I've, I've, I've pushed back, really. That was a terrible performance by, by Spurs. Come on, Gordon, I know you want to say no, something. No, no, that's football. <laughs> I mean, it'll happen to all of our sides during the course of the season. So don't worry about it, Ben. Tottenham will react. They will win another game of football. It's not the end of the world. All I'll say, had Jose Mourinho been the manager, I would have been interested in the outcry from Spurs fans. I, I think he would have... He, it would he have been divide. sacked in the morning, I suppose. He, he, he divided would have been them. And, and that was as bad as anything I, I think we saw under Mourinho. Uh, Fraser, talking of our, our side, Swansea nil, Hull City nil. Where, where are you on Russell Martin's start as Swans manager? A little bit of concern creeping in, Ben, when you're 21st in the table. I think it has to. I think we've spoken about work in progress and overhauling the style, and both those things are true. But at the moment, there's a lot of possession football and not a lot of cutting edge. I hope Joel Piro, who's come from PSV and had a good start, was going to solve that, but he's not getting the service at the moment. So, you know, I think in time, Martin will come good, but you don't always get a lot of time in these seasons, Ben. So they need to find a cutting edge pretty soon. And I think Gordon Fraser alluded to it before we went into the season. I think we all spoke about it when Swansea missed out in the playoffs last season. We, we had a hunch this was going to be a difficult campaign and it's proving that way. Yeah, it is proving that way. Unfortunately, the money isn't at Swansea at the moment and uh, they've lost a lot of their top quality players and no respects to the squad that he's inherited now and brought in a few loanees. But uh, Swansea are in for a difficult time. But if they can hang on in the Championship this season, I hope it isn't going to be a free fall into uh, Division 1 but um, I'm confident uh, that Swansea will stay there but it's going to be a hard slog this season yeah, no, it certainly is. Well, listen, lots lots to talk about. We're going to talk tennis with Dean Richards from Haverford West Tennis Club and talk about the amazing achievement from, from Emma Raducanu. So we'll, we'll save that for just now. Uh, what, what I would say, and for people watching and listening as well, and, and the two of you uh, must have some thoughts as well, in terms of all-time achievements from British sportsmen and women, that's got to be in there, hasn't it? That's got to be the best. That's got to be the best I've ever seen. A teenager... You know, not even rated. Was it 250th ranked? Mm. She actually went through the tournament and didn't drop a set. It's just, you know, Boy of the Rovers stuff. 
It's incredible. And I actually did watch uh, the final on Saturday night instead of watching the soaps. And I, I thought the <laughs> pair of them, they were absolutely brilliant. It was refreshing to watch uh, yes, those, it, yes. the t- two of them. They're very talented kids. And we're going to see a lot more of the, both of them in the future, I believe. And uh, I'm, I'm old enough to have seen Virginia Wave win at Wimbledon in 1977. It was the Queen's Jubilee. <laughs> I mean, to, to follow on what Gordon, to, to follow on what Gordon, Gordon yeah. he was inspired by it. <laughs> to, uh, to follow what Gordon said there, you know, the unique, unique situation on Saturday when you're back in the sloop pub after cricket. It's the first time I've ever known a group of men leave the pub really to go and watch the tennis. You know, that, yeah. that's, how much, that's how much she gripped the nation. But Gordon, yeah. this is unprecedented. You know, you can point back to maybe Serena Williams, Martina Hingis, other teenage stars who won, but they were already known by the time they come. They already had a couple of Grand Slams yeah. under their belt. They were already earmarked for greatness. You know, this is a girl in her second Grand Slam who's come from nowhere. Doing know, her A levels, three months ago. You know, and I know I was doing three months after A levels, and it, it wasn't. And it wasn't tennis. Wasn't much particularly like active, you know. Um, so, and to go without dropping a set, I've, I've never seen anything Incredible. like Incredible. I've never seen someone bolt from nowhere quite like this. No, and you know, in recent times we had Leicester City winning the Premier League, and it's it's of that ilk, isn't it? Really, is that, that we're, yeah. you know didn't expect it to happen, but it's got to be up there. So we'll we'll. We're going to come back to tennis sure. in just a second. We'll have a good chat with Dean about that as well. And I think it will have an impact on youngsters taking up the game. But where where does that rank? And do let us know about that on the Facebook page. That's got to be up there. And, you know, Sports Personality of the Year, we'll just call it now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. I, I yeah, think best, I, think, I think we can. I think best, it's all over yeah, now. The best odds you can get, I think, are one to nine on. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just turn our attention to a, a few things that have happened in, in the last week or so. And uh, England India was um, heading to a thrilling conclusion last week. I, I was looking forward to the fifth test because it, it had been a really watchable series. England at, at times were well behind India but managed to just hang in there and you just felt it, w- it was going to be interesting going into that game of course the, the match was uh, called off cancelled forfeited there were all sorts of different terms used um, in different press releases and it looks like there is going to be an attempt to play the game at some point next year um, Covid tests in the India camp were, were positive all the players tested negative what, what was your reaction there, there were some thoughts that this was related to the IPL if so where does that leave test cricket and is this going to spark a wider concern about what could happen locally there's a lot of questions there but let, let's just deal with England India first what, what was your reaction uh, Fraser to, to that match being called off last week well I'll put my my personal annoyance aside because I was meant to be following that and reporting it that day and I'm came into shift at 8am and all carnage was broken loose I didn't you know, you'd you do anything for a day off what anything for a day off yeah well <laughs> unfortunately it was anything but a day off but no I I thought it was a dark day for test cricket then I yeah. think I think it showed us all where really on the ladder test cricket stands in these players minds in some respects we can't blame them right we, we can't mm. we can't we it's easy for us to sit in a studio when it's not our livelihood we're not the ones with the financial yeah. carrot and, and slam India's players and let's not forget the English cricket team let South Africa down last year. I think they travelled there, didn't they? There were COVID, yeah. COVID irregularities and, and ended up travelling home without playing a game. So we can't get too on our high horse about that. But I was left really disappointed by it. Let's not pretend that it was COVID that called this game off. All the PCR tests of the Indian players on Wednesday night were negative. The test was given the green light to go ahead. All right, And it was just simply a case of they were worried about their IPL flights on Wednesday. And I think that was showed the moment the test was called off, the IPL were chartering planes to get the players over there. And we've talked about 
the global positives of franchise cricket and, and 2020 and things like the IPL and the Big Bash and the 100 that's come in here now and, and on Thursday and Friday we saw the downside of it right? because there are so many riches involved in those tournaments <laughs> that players are afraid to miss them and we talk about Test cricket and players pay lip service to Test cricket in the media by saying it's the ultimate format maybe it is but it's not the ultimate money maker and, and unfortunately yeah, money did talk last week, and I was really disappointed in the way it was handled by India. It, it was, it was, it was very disappointing. There's no doubt about it. And I, I know actually listening to Tom Harris and the ECB actually saying he doesn't think COVID did play. Um, a, a, sorry, he didn't think the, the IPL did play a part, and it was related to the players' mental health. He spoke about um, the fact that players have been in bubbles. It's very difficult to to live that way. Gordon, do you ha- do you have any? Do you have sympathy? Um, with sportsmen and women at the moment, given the circumstances they're having to compete in and they've had to compete in during the COVID pandemic? I mean, yeah, of course I do. I mean, it's very, very difficult times. Um, You know, they're all uh, living in bubbles, so to speak, to try and uh, not catch COVID, um, play uh, games wherever it is, whatever sport it is. It's very, very difficult. It impacts on your your own life as well, as well as being an athlete or a a footballer or or a rugby player, you know, or any sports man or woman. Uh, So it is unprecedented times as well. I I think um, this could actually affect our local rugby and football fixtures in the the coming weeks because the R rate is rising in Pembrokeshire here and it is concerning. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to put our health first before sport, I have to say that. We do, that's a a good shout and I think... Um, I think you're right in what you say. Cases do seem to be rising, and, and I know reports locally that, that that's the case. But we're also in a time now where uh, with more of us have been vaccinated. Um, vaccine numbers are good. Um, Fraser Gordon makes a fair point that we, we do have to have some concern. I think we've had football and rugby restart. It, you know that there could be circumstances where leagues get postponed again. I, I, I hope that's not the mm-hmm. case, and I, I just don't know whether it's necessary as we head into this winter. What, what, what's your thoughts there? I mean, look, if you, obviously if you have an outbreak and, and you have, and a team genuinely can't feel the side because of COVID, that has to be respected, mm. I think. I know, um, like you say, we are vaccinated, we're in a much better position now, but this is what sort of disappointed me about last week, and I hope this is something that we don't see a lot at local level, is I felt that the injured side had used, used COVID as an excuse, played the COVID card is, is, is the comment that was flying around, didn't they? You know, and I hope that's something that doesn't creep into local sport or national sport, because you've got to remember, this has been... COVID-19 has been an incredibly harrowing thing. It's killed thousands and thousands of people across the UK. I wouldn't even like to estimate the figure it's killed across the world. You know, it's ruined businesses, it's ruined livelihoods, it's ruined people's jobs. And I, and I find it quite cheap to for people to then start using it to get a sporting game called off because it doesn't suit their agenda. Or doesn't, you know, and I, and I hope that, obviously, we're, we're talking a completely different scenario with local teams because we're not talking the finances involved. But I like to think, Ben, that, that no one would go down the road of using that as an excuse because there are other reasons where they can't field the team and so on. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't know the exact systems that the WIU or the Pembrokeshire Football League or the, or the governing bodies at amateur level have in place. But but I hope there is some kind of system where you have to show evidence if, if, if you have enough positive COVID tests. And that isn't a difficult yeah. thing to do, if true. 
I think that's a very fair shout, though, because I think if, if teams are going to say that they can't raise a team because of COVID results, I don't think it's unfair to say, well, show us, no, show us the evidence, well, show us the results. I can you actually know? tell you that happened last week, and I, I won't name the teams in uh, the rugby circumstances, mm. but they were local sides. They were said they couldn't field a team d- because of COVID-19, and they were asked to produce evidence Good. of that, and they couldn't produce evidence, so the game went ahead. Mm. It's going to be it, it's going to be interesting. It is incredible, really. This show is nearly one year old, and we we spent the first few months talking about the lack of sport because of COVID. Here we are heading, you know, towards September and October again, and you just fear, don't you, that we might be talking about it again as we, we head into the autumn. Let, let's hope not, because mm. we've seen some great action locally, haven't we, over over the course of the weekend? Fraser, were you going to make one final point on this? Yeah, Ben, we've actually just one cricket game which did go ahead this weekend, and it wasn't mine, it wasn't England, did you? We just had a, um, a message in from Nick Daly who was the organiser of that brilliant charity day in Pembroke Dock, which we featured, I know, in the first hour of the show last week. Brilliant charity match yesterday, a ladies 2020, a one by the Laura and Amy Select, and then the Helen Griffiths Shield, one by Pembroke Dock Select. Over 5,000 raised for Callum wow. and mental health charities, so wonderful effort from everyone involved. Yeah, well there. done to all of them involved. Brilliant effort. Brilliant stuff. Okay, we will take a moment and then we will talk tennis. Uh, we're going to find out what's happening at Haverford West Tennis Club and the, the impact of Emma Raducanu's amazing win. And I think we should talk a bit more about her story because having been a, a qualifier to actually have that run, it, it was a feel-good story and yeah, an absolute shoe in, we think, for Sports Personality of the Year. Where does that rate in terms of all-time British sporting successes? Let us know. Uh, before nine as well, we'll talk to Kim Thomas about the Ryder Cup, which is just on the horizon. Nothing quite like a Ryder Cup can't wait for that that tournament at Celtic Manor was fantastic I'll tell you a bit of a story about following that game whilst I was in an interview uh, with a a Pembrokeshire County Councillor who was quite senior at the time and we were talking about quite serious stuff and I was following the 2010 on my and she didn't find it funny and I made a joke (laughs) so I'm just just, I was like oh come on it's it's the last day we're heading to win the Ryder Cup at County didn't find it funny Uh, so we'll we'll maybe talk a bit about that Ryder Cup memories before nine o'clock as well that's all to come right here on Pure West Sport Castle Hot Tubs are Wales's largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire Offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs, inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county, at castlehottubs.co.uk. A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Hi, I'm Ben Stone, and you can join me on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with G&G Builders. All the latest sports news from around the county is featured every Monday night between 7 and 9 with my award-winning pal from PembrokeshireSport.co.uk, Bill Kahn, who teams up with Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas for the second half with the latest news, views, guests and gossip. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire-based company who've been in business for 30 years. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Oh, Loch Farm ice cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional 
banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream. Nails shining like Christmas, heels on six inches, waist inch smooth, left it. You can't have this, you can't hit this. I got a new man in my business, and he all about his business, and his name ain't honey, your business. Oh, oh, oh. Pin girl on that poster, say it so like I'm Georgia. Icy, wifey, body shape, Coca Cola. I got a new man in my business, and he all about his business, and his name ain't none of your business. live on pure west sport for a monday evening with g and g builders more of course at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk uh, we will touch on a defeat for haverford west county at the weekend that was uh, disappointing really fraser wasn't it, it went down 6-2 at barla in the cymru premier league on saturday yeah i mean they actually had a tough start to last season didn't they and when they went to barla and won and that was the t- really the turning point you hope half hoped history would repeat itself this year and they had the cup win the week before which might mean still a bit of confidence but no it was a big defeat for them and a big test against Flint coming up now yeah huge game to come this weekend uh, but we're going to talk tennis um, right now after a phenomenal weekend and it's great that tennis has, has been all over the front and back pages all over the TV and all over the radio after Emma Raducanu's inspirational performance and we're going to talk about tennis in, in Pembrokeshire uh, Gordon with someone I think you were saying you, you went to school with is that right? Yeah it was a long time ago now Dean wasn't it but uh, it's great to have you on the show Dean you, you've had a successful career in the, uh, in the police force and 
now that you're retired, you're putting your efforts into Halford West Tennis Club. You are now the chairman. So, how are things going this season, Mr. Richards? Well, they're, they're going. Uh, we're getting back on track now, having come out of lockdown, um, and we we've just had notification that our winter leagues will start up again now in October. So that that means we'll have about five teams that will travel throughout South Wales. Uh, playing up as far as Cardiff and uh, Abergavenny. So we're really looking forward to that. You're lucky in your sport, Dean, that uh, COVID hasn't really had too too much effect on it because uh, you're separated, socially distanced from one another. So you've been able to get good numbers in juniors and seniors at the club this season. Is that true? Or Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we were Obviously, tennis was banned at one stage during lockdown, but as, as we moved forward we were able to sort of play singles but since lockdown um we have seen a tremendous increase in participation sort of april time april time we held an open day for people who may be interested and we were inundated i think we had about 45 children and about 20 adults who some of whom had never played tennis before some had played tennis 20 years ago and were getting interested um, and the knock-on effect of that has been our membership has grown um, by about a third. Excellent. Dean, I know you've, um, you've recently hosted a couple of tournaments, I believe, have dressed tennis club for, for all levels, I think, veterans and, and senior categories and junior categories as well, that's fair to say. How have those tournaments gone in terms of the participation and people being willing to take part? Did you find that there was a real zest to just be back competing again? Exactly, exactly. Um, again, the sort of... Uh, Pembrokeshire Open tournament, we saw record numbers of competitors with our juniors and, and adults. And then most recently, we had a, a veterans tournament. You'd be pleased to know, uh, Gordon, I, uh, I uh, obviously <laughs> went for that one myself, being <laughs> over the age of 45. Um, but we had about 33 participants in, in the vets tournament. That was over the sort of first weekend of September. Um, really well attended and uh, good fun. And um, I know... We actually featured Jeremy Cross a couple of weeks ago on this show, a very good player. Well, he must be good because he carried Kerry Coleman Phillips to a mixed doubles title, I believe, in the Pembroke <laughs> tournament. So, um, but I know he watches every week as well. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll brace myself; it's fine. But um, but no, very good friend of ours, Gary, a great fan. I know a good member of your club as well. But I know a few of your members then went on to the national tournament, Welsh, including Jeremy, and had success there. You must have been delighted with that. That, that's right. Um, it was the um, Cardiff or the Welsh Senior Competition in Cardiff. Uh, we had five members who were in finals, so that's over forty-five, over fifty-five, and over sixty-five. Jeremy himself being a winner of the over forty-five singles, and one of our members, Mitch Cedric, uh, won the over fifty-five singles and was runner-up in the over sixty-five singles. Mitch won't mind me telling you, he's 68, so he, he really oh. did well, you know, and that's an all Wales yeah. competition. So for a small little club like ours, I think we did really well. Okay. Fantastic. It's been a great weekend, hasn't it, for tennis? Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. Dean, what, what did you make of, of Emma Raducanu at, at, the, at the weekend? It was just phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just unprecedented, wasn't it? You know, you know, we see, we see these young kids coming through with talent to actually win an Open, you know, at the age of 18, having to qualify, not losing a set, you know. Um, I watched the game and I just I just didn't see any weaknesses in her game. She she just has a fantastic future ahead of her, isn't she? 
Yeah, Did you think? I wonder if we're, we're all a bit guilty, actually, of maybe quite not appreciating just what an achievement that was on, on Saturday. And probably it's only as you take stock and look back to what it was like watching that and winning the US Open, what an achievement it was. Having been a, a qualifier, having had the run she went on, having not dropping a set, it, it's got to be one of the greatest tennis achievements that we've had. And it's got to be one of the greatest sporting achievements we've ever had. Def- definitely. You know, um, I, I don't know whether you'll ever see the like of it again, particularly given her age, you know. Um, for me, for me, it was a real big surprise. But when you sort of listen to other people, you know, she was identified at a very young age as having the skill and talent and the sort of being uh, coached and nurtured. But, you know, to win that at 18 is just fantastic. It was absolutely unbelievable. And let's talk a bit about your junior section, because I'm quite interested. I know Gordon Fraser are as well. Um, what impact do you think this could have on the junior game? Because to see tennis all over the news at the moment and getting the attention it deserves, it's got to have a positive impact on the sport. Definitely. You know, I, I look back to the time when Andy Murray sort of broke, broke uh, in, into the uh, tennis world and we did see the impact of in, interest then, but this is just going to peak. You know, I, I'm sure that uh, Emma is going to um, inspire a number of young people now to, to look at tennis if they've not looked at it before. Um, as I said, in, in, in the club with us, we have over 80 juniors. Wow. We have a coaching programme. Um, and quite fortuitously, we've started, we're going to start a new coaching programme on a Saturday in the next couple of weeks. Look at our Facebook for that date. So, any, anybody who's who sessions for you? I think one of the I think the lovely things about Emma Rad- Raducanu's win is it wasn't just a celebration of tennis, it was a celebration of diversity, wasn't it? You know, her Romanian father, a Chinese mother, she was born in Canada, came over to Britain. She was coached by Matt Lewis for a couple of years. She was from Flintshire, so we'll claim her as well. She don't worry about that as well. Exactly. But, um, but how <laughs> how, impor- how important is it for not just in Wales for British to have? A star to look up to like this to get them off. Who is British, right? Who is, who is representing the UK? Because there's obviously been yeah. stars before, and you've touched on Andy Murray there, who obviously who influenced. But we really have lacked them over the last 20, 30 years. You know, Grand Slam winners in British tennis, haven't we? And whilst we've had the female stars, the Serena Williamses, the Martina Hingises, this is someone now who our nation can relate to a lot better. Do you think that will make a difference? Oh, definitely. You know, I, I'm sure she's going to inspire sort of everyone to be honest you know and, and and for me Andy Murray inspired inspired people but I think we've as you said before we've been lacking in the women's game in Britain to mm. have to have a star and I think we have a superstar who will will go on to win a lot more I'm sure yeah, absolute superstar that Gordon said it it was his favorite sporting moment since England won the World Cup in 1966 didn't you Gordon no, when Virginia oh. Wade won in 1977, Dean <laughs> and I were both in school then, and we uh, we watched it in break time on a Saturday afternoon. We used to go to school on Saturdays then. <laughs> <laughs> so did you two ever play tennis together in school? No, unfortunately he didn't have... I actually, you laugh at this, uh, Mr Richards, I reached the final of the tennis tournament one year. Geraint John used to win it every year. You know what a good tennis player he was. And I I met Chris Pierce, and he actually thrashed me 6-love, 6-1. So that was my claim to fame in uh, School for Tennis. Well, you've named some two characters there who were very good tennis players for in Pembrokeshire at the time. Exactly. Well, Chris Pierce is now a tennis coach, I believe, as well. He was doing a lot out in Hong Kong. So, um, yeah, we were up against some uh, talented kids then, to be fair. That's right.
That's right. Well, listen, the, the club dates back at, at the reading to sort of 1935. Is that is that right? What what does the future hold? And and people watching and listening, Dean, if they want to get involved, what, what's the best way to do that? Right. Okay. So yeah, we're we're over over what eighty years old now. Um, we're based on the parade in Hartford West. Four courts we've got there. Um, what the future holds is we want to encourage as many people to participate in tennis in Pembrokeshire. The challenge for the club will be as the numbers grow, is ensuring that we've got enough facilities to, to cope with those numbers. Um, yeah. But anybody wanting to join, um, currently we've, we're offering membership at half price for the first year, which uh, we, we, we've put in as a bit of a, um, a sweetener for people to come along. Um, but we have club nights on Tuesdays. Um, please look at our Facebook and our website page for our membership secretary and you know, give her a ring and come along and try it out, to be honest. Good stuff. Did Fraser, you, did you have one more question? Yeah, just one last one. Obviously, we've spoken about how West sounds like the club's in a healthy state, and that's brilliant. You just said there's Good a winter league um, that's come on, which will hopefully then lead into a summer league, no doubt, as well. But um, I imagine your interest is obviously in Pembrokeshire tennis as a whole, and not just Havard West by the fact, by dint of the fact that you put on the county tournaments. What is the overall state of the Pembrokeshire league looking Dean, with all teams? Are we in a healthy position now where we can have a competitive league moving forward? Well, well, to be honest, uh, over the last few months where there's been no sort of competitive tennis sure. South Wales-wide, we have been um, working with Milford Haven Tennis Club. Oh, yeah. Um, Goodick has um, yeah. quite an up-and-coming tennis club now. And Lamphy has a, a, has a very good stable club there. And what we've been doing is some round-robin matches just, just to play each other and... Uh, Tenby again. Um, you've got a coach there, Jan Morris, who, who's who's bringing on a number of uh, young people there. So, to be honest, um, the future looks good for Pembrokeshire. The, the the only one thing I'd love to see is an indoor centre. We have the dome at the moment in Half West High, but that's going to close next year with the opening of the new school. Um, and that indoor indoor facility will really be a great miss for us. To be honest. Right. Well, listen, Dean, keep up the excellent work. It's been a brilliant weekend for, for tennis, and it's great to hear that, that you're doing a great job in Pembrokeshire as well. Thank you ever so much for your time and for joining us, and people go to the Facebook page. They'll be able to find out a bit more about how they can get involved. Thank you for being with us this evening on Cheers. Pure West Sport. On the way next, we will talk local uh, golf. We'll talk to Kim Thomas, our golfing expert, about the Ryder Cup picks and a bit on the rugby from the weekend and the fixtures to come at the start of November as well. We will do that in a few moments' time on Pure West Sport. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across, then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire, from sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month. 
at 9.30am and 5.30pm, only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. <laughs> Witness the evil power of Bedhead. No! My hair! Won't anyone help me? Stop right there, Bedhead. Your reign of hair-meddling terror is over. Freestyle, my old nemesis. You can't stop me, boyo. Guess again. Eat laser! No! I'll get you next time, freestyle. Oh, thank you. No problem. When it comes to Bedhead, you just got a freestyle. For wicked trims, call Freestyle Barbers, Portfield Haverford West on 07827445589. Join us every Friday for the 2.30 kickoff as Haverford West County take over Pure West Radio to bring you the latest news and developments direct from the Bridge Meadow. Team news, transfers, new signings and the latest changing room gossip from the Cymru Premier side. Miss the final whistle? Well, listen to the Haverford West Bluebirds podcast by visiting purewestradio.com Our club, our county, our community Haverford West County AFC At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring.
Pure West Radio on a Monday evening. Pure West Sports with G&G Builders. More at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Gordon, great to talk to your ex-schoolmate, Dean Richards, chairman of Haverford West Tennis Club. It's brilliant just to hear about a a club that's thriving in the county, isn't it? And and it sounds like they are. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, back in our day, there was a fellow by the name of Brian Hearn and uh, David Banner who did a lot of the coaching, who Dean would know and recognise. And they did a lot of uh, work to keep that club uh, going strong in the 70s, 80s and 90s but Dean has taken up the mantle and to be fair he's very enthusiastic and he's doing a really good job as chairman so long may that continue and long may it continue to get more kids up there playing and keep uh, tennis alive in our county town of Halford West and all the surrounding areas as well, Pembrokeshire Tennis really on the front pages with with Emma's success over the weekend, no doubt about it. And it's going to be quite a sporting year, actually, 2021. We we talk about the uh, sports personality of the year probably being a shoo-in. There'll be some Olympians who who might just have something to say about that, and there no, could be. I don't think so. It's all oh, I, I don't know, Gordon. Adam Peaty has made a, a, a case, I'd say. And there might be there might be some golfers as well, because the Ryder Cup's only a few weeks away. Uh, Fraser, you were asked on Twitter last night um, for your reaction and your analysis on uh, Lowry, Garcia and Poulter being picked as the wild card selections. So we're going to let you do that but we also thought we'd get an expert in to do it as well didn't we? Yeah absolutely, you can, you can tell Adrian Price who tweeted me that he's inspired his guests on the show but no it is an interesting <laughs> one and it's actually my first my first question to Kim. I raised a few eyebrows personally um, when I saw the Ian Poulter selection and that has to take nothing away from Poulter's superb Ryder Cup legacy, we all remember his heroics in Medina and, and after that as well but you know, in the year when he hasn't been particularly on form, the nature of the course, a long hitting course. Do you have a fear that this has been a pick more of nostalgia than common sense? I think it's a talisman pick. I think he's a guy that tends to stir up the emotions. My fear is twofold. I agree with you. The course is long for him, especially given any wind. And it's not called Whistling Straits for nothing. It, yeah. it does get bu- uh, busy there on uh, the, the lakes of on this, the shores of Lake Michigan. Um, but also, not just that, I, th- I think uh, he would fire up the fans a lot better if it was played in Europe, and sure. he does, of course. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he did the same thing in America, in Medina, yeah, yeah. that's history, when he was playing at his, in, his, in his pomp. But he's my question, uh, I wouldn't have picked uh, Poulter. Sure, I might, therefore you're asking to say, well, would I pick them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought Justin Rose was unlucky to, to miss out, but um, my final question before I let the other guys come in there is, you know, I, we just spoke about Mandina there. I never forget the press conferences when Nathalbo walked in at 10-6 down and said, not 
every man dies but not every man lives mm. and you know had that been the third round of a major championship I would have thought this guy's lost his marbles and got yeah. mentally but the fact it was the Ryder Cup just never fe- seems to follow logic does it's, it you are, it, it's the tournament where you know Colin Montgomery supposedly lacked the major steel to win a major championship would be nerveless you know it's where someone like Poulter yeah. who also <laughs> becomes unplayable what, what is it about that tournament Kim which just makes it so surreal and so incredible and, and just go against all logic well it fires people up because you're not just playing for yourself anymore and the fact that you're actually not just playing for yourself and playing for the team makes you think in a very different way and some people who don't excel in other formats do well in that it's match play is another thing isn't it, as well mm. isn't it it's not a major where you're just yourself playing against the golf course you're playing against the person and the psyche is enormous in that like well, you know guys any sport face to face one to one you can psych somebody out even if you're not the better player and that's what Poulter can tend to do his eyes are crossed for goodness sake I mean, I mean, you can't even look at him without knowing who he's talking to you know it's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ian. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have picked Polter, though. I think it's maybe a, a, a Ryder Cup too far for him because of those reasons we just mentioned. Uh, I was even doubtful about Lowry. Um, I think Garcia's good right in the team there. And he, he's got so much history and so much fire in his belly. He will do a Polter in a way. Um, I would look at Rose, obviously. I mean, look look at the weekend. I just did the highlights for the um, BMW PGA last night till the early hours of this morning, and I looked at those <laughs> players. Rose uh, came to the fore. He shot 65 in the last yeah. round to try yeah. and prove a point. Yeah. Where was Lowry? You know, when it, when it really mattered there? It, obviously, I can be proven wrong, and I hope I am. But I would have picked um, someone like Rose and maybe even Stenson. Or maybe even Peters, who's coming into form and is a strong man. He, he's hard, you know. So that's where I'm coming from. So is it fair to say it's a gamble picking Poulter, I, I think, him? And, and I know he's got this amazing Ryder Cup history and we know what he brings, but have we picked a mascot? Yeah, we've picked a talisman. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what he is. And he's very good at that as well. And he can influence other players to play better than they perhaps normally would. Uh, for the reasons that he gives them, you know, fire in your belly and all the rest of it. But uh, I, w- I, don't w- I don't fancy him in singles, like I don't fancy Westwood, for example, in singles. You know, it, 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 as a devil's partner, Westwood is the perfect man because you just want somebody to knock it down the middle all the time and then you, as his partner, can really go for the shots because he, your partner, Westwood, is doing the business for you. Uh, I, I wouldn't fancy the same thing with Poulter, for example. Would they have been better making him a vice-captain? Yeah, I think it's a good call. I mean, vice-captain rather than someone like Robert Carlson. Robert Carlson's a lovely bloke. I've known him for many years, but not an inspiring character where Poulter would be. Sergio Garcia brings that experience, doesn't he? And he, he's someone that you... That's a silky player for, for a Ryder Cup occasion. Yeah. Where, where, did, where, did, you, where did you think about, about his selection? Oh, yeah. Shoe in for me. Uh, yeah. hist- history, points, points winner... Um, you know, got that Spanish fire in his belly, uh, can shape shots. And on this golf course, you've not only got to be long, you've got to be able to shape the shots because the contours are amazing on this course. The highs and lows. Remember when Justin Day won the PG- he won the PGA Championship there, didn't he? And he, he had vertigo at one point. <laughs> he, he honestly did. He kept falling over. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, it I it do, wasn't yeah. a joke at the time. No. He had to pull off, come no. off the course and go back on. It was just ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, but it is a very slopey course on the sh- on the shores of the lake. All, so. j- all jokes aside, then, Kim, um, 
we're going over to America, Michigan, mm. you just pointed out. It's going to be a really tough ask to win there, don't you think? The Even with with players that you haven't mentioned that yeah. should be in the squad, it's still going to be a tough ask out there. Yeah. The Americans are really, yeah. they, you know, they, they're psyche, they, they know their game, and they know how to put people off as well. Yeah. They're going to have to be on their game out there. It's their golf course. They know it a lot better than we do as yeah. a group. And they've got a very strong side. Um, so have we. I still think we can do it. I still do. I think we can do it. Well, they have to go with that attitude. You have to be confident. Oh. But what I'm saying is America is a tough place to go and win. Yeah. I would say that yeah. the bookies would make the, the, the Americans yeah, slight favourites. Yeah. Slight. I think slight, okay. yeah. Oh, we'll right. see. I haven't looked at the other. What would your prediction be, Kim? <laughs> would, you predict, would you predict a Europe win? Do I would predict a, 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 seriously a narrow Europe win. I mean, if that happens, it will be one of the greatest Ryder Cups. There's no doubt about it. We yeah. go there and have a narrow win. Sports and I think personality we just... of the year is going to have a... It's going to be out of touch, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Ian Poulter inspires us to win Ryder Cup. I Ian Poulter after what we've been saying. Well, if, if there's an omen... On that one. I haven't said a word about Poulter. <laughs> if there's an omen, chaps, uh, an Austrian immigrant uh, called Kohler came into the US in the, 19, in the 1870s or something and built up the Cola Corporation, which you probably know is one of the sponsors of uh, Manchester United, isn't it? So he's an Austrian, yes. right? And yeah. you've got, you now have the first Austrian playing in the Ryder Cup, <laughs> Bernd Wiesberger playing, and that's an omen for me. All right, Let's okay. do it, yeah. Just okay. Okay. Cola make I'm toilets, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Big it time. Will be a class, it will be a classic Ryder Cup if that happens. Yeah. And let's finish on that, and Fraser and, and Gordon can come in with theirs. Uh, Kim, your, what's your favourite ever Ryder Cup memory? Um, I was in the Ryder Cup, I mean, I went to the Ryder Cup in 1991, the war on the shore of oh. Kiowa Island. And I did things on that trip I, ne I promised I'd never do. One is sing in restaurants. Two is run at golf tournaments when you're in the crowd, because I hate people who run around all over the place. But I did both of those. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was up on the hill above Langer when you had that putt oh. on the final green to hold to for Europe to retain the cup yeah. and I thought he'd hold it because he dropped on his knee almost on his knees and I thought yes he's hold it and he missed it and the, one of the biggest quiz questions you can ever ask is did Langer lose to Irwin and everyone goes oh yeah of course he did no they halved the match yeah. but we didn't win the Ryder <laughs> Cup yeah. I mean yeah. Langer what a recovery he was two down five to go or something yeah. and he was just an, a giant of a man that's my memory Fraser I mean, I mean, in Wales, it's easy to relate to the Celtic manner, isn't it? And I, I was actually in Paris in the last one, and that's a fantastic experience as well. But no, I think the first ride to Cup I fell in love with watching as a young boy it was actually '97 in Valderrama, mm. uh, where you were mm. you regained it. Colin Montgomery bought it home for Seve Ballesteros as captain, I believe. Kim, and it, was, yes. it was quite ironic. I think my dad was cursing a bit, an old traditional golfer that he was a, one of the first Ryder Cups to be taken away from Britain and Ireland, you know. But but the drama of it, it was fantastic. And it was, yeah. and that was the first time, of course. You know, it wasn't so easy to access. I think it was on Sky Sports, which only the rich kids had. So I went round one of my friends' house to watch, and and that was when I saw the colour and the noise and the excitement, the tension. I fell in love with it ever since then. So I'll have to go with Valderrama. Okay, Gordon, one from you. Yeah, nineteen eighty-five. Uh, <laughs> it was the year that Europe actually snatched victory against America for the first time in twenty-eight years, yeah. Kim. Yeah. And wow. uh, what Sam Torrance uh, sinking sink an 18 yeah. foot birdie against the guy North he was up against. Yeah, Andy North. Uh, Andy North. And 
we won the Ryder Cup. It was yeah. elation. Yeah. Twenty-eight years hurt, <laughs> but that day was a good day. Gordon has come up with some legends tonight. Legendary moments, hasn't he? He really has. And yeah. um, what about? Um, about Ian Woosnam's Ryder Cup uh, winners captain 2006 Darren Clark of course it was an emotional year for him well, wasn't the, it and the one, he, match, one match left in the bar after Clark and Woosnam got it all no. one <laughs> absolutely not miracle no. of Medina for yeah. me just being on the edge of your seat watching Gosh, a, yeah. a, a golf tournament unfold and I, I've, st- I've got the DVD and watched it so many times mm. and it gets better every single time you watch it even though you know what's going to happen and Celtic Manor as well yeah. you know um, it rained what do you expect if you bring the Ryder Cup to Wales <laughs> <Yeah>. in October? <laughs> yeah. I, I talked to um, Martin Keimer, you know, um, after that tournament. I uh, said to him, you know, try and tell me what was in your head over that putt <laughs> on 18. And he said in a typical German way, but nothing. I was just trying to knock it in the hole. <laughs> you know, like, 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 like no pressure. No, but, it, but it was, you know, he, he was wonderful that day, wasn't he? He, he yeah. beat... Um, uh, Oh, Jim Furyk, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. yeah. After an actual ro- f- a phenomenal comeback from Rose against Mickelson. Oh, Rose, yeah. Rose was floating on air, wasn't he? Yeah. Anyway, phenomenal. Yeah. There we are, well, great memories. Again, thank you ever so much. We will talk Ryder Cup again in a few weeks' time, so yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully be looking back on a Monday on a, on a fantastic Ryder Cup and a, and a Europe win, as you say. We will let you go because you've got a show coming up at 9 o'clock this evening. So thank we'll you. see you for that. Thank you for joining us, though, on Pure West Sports, and we'll let you go and get ready. Thanks for your time this evening top stuff from uh, Kim really good to talk golf and to talk the Ryder Cup and it's whetted my appetite no doubt about it um, just to finish uh, Fraser and Gordon uh, we had plenty of rugby over the weekend didn't we Pembrokeshiresport.co.uk um, has all the details we know there's uh, fixtures to come in November uh, they're only going to play mm. each other once Fraser aren't they yeah that's right uh, we have this curtailed season now haven't we because we've had this WR plate bowl and, and championship cup build up so it will just play each other once so it's a different psych uh, I suppose it's good that we have got a league structure and system in place now and things for teams to aim for I believe promotion and relegation will be coming in so I mean teams are getting into shape I don't know how much you can read at the moment I know Gordon's been at a couple of games with I think the teams are blooding players aren't they and getting their squads back together mm-hmm. how much of a bearing we'll have on the league fixtures I don't know but it's good to see teams getting back in the swing of things yeah, we, we saw some action over the weekend. Narbeth uh, 25, Trebana 16. Uh, all the match reports online, of course, pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. Whitland 10, Fishgarden Goodick 15. Uh, Tenby United 31, Milford Haven 12. We heard from the Tenby coach, mm. John Evans, in the first hour of the show. Aberystwyth 19, Crimmick 11. Haverford West 36, St David's 23. Uh, Nayland 45, Pembroke Dock Harlequin 17. And Cardigan 43, Langham 12. Gordon, we, we worried whether rugby would pick up again didn't we post-Covid great to see these sides back in action and some pretty decent competitive games there oh, it's been excellent isn't it let's be honest I've been at Halford West the last two weeks to, to watch them play and uh, to be fair last week when they played St David's there was a decent crowd there there was a, a decent game of rugby uh, fair play to St David's who were 26-3 down at half well 23-6 at half time Jack Dudley and I were talking about it was great seeing rugby back 
at this level and uh, lo and behold uh, the Saints mounted a, a steering comeback in the second half at one stage I thought they were going to actually beat the Blues for the first time in their history but uh, thankfully the Blues did get a couple of tries and just uh, kept them at bay But the, and it was great in the clubhouse after everybody was enjoying uh, socialising and talking about the game and the biggest sight for me on that day was seeing Jack Dudley walk into the clubhouse with a pint of orange squash I've never <laughs> seen him drink squash <laughs> <laughs> this, this lockdown's done funny yeah, things to some yeah, people, good. I've never seen him drink squash in my life. <laughs> he, he was preparing to be interviewed by you, Gordon, I think. He'd would already spoken to time? me, he could relax. <laughs> good stuff. I, I, right, I did wonder if Gordon would bring the unbeaten blues stat against my own club, St David's there. I, I always got to remind you, Mr. Watson. <laughs> he got I the did, last word. I did play in a game years ago where they were beating us, I think it was 10 0, and the referee pulled his own string. I have it. <laughs> Listen guys, we have got to go. I've thoroughly enjoyed it this evening. It's been a, a brilliant sporting weekend, both in Pembrokeshire and all over the country and all over the world. A sporting weekend that belonged to Emma Radicanu. 